0: Welcome to the podcast and the church set. My name is Dr. Monique Smith-Gadson, a Christ follower, a licensed professional counselor specializing in the integration of the Christian faith in counseling and in marriage and family therapy. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we discuss church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. All of our insights are rooted biblically to foster emotional, mental, and spiritual health For individuals, and churches. We help the many members of the body as well as the body as a whole to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Hello everyone, I'm so glad to have you join us for our conversation on today. I would like to take time to thank everyone for continuing to listen to this podcast and to those who have subscribed and continue to share. Again, I'm so appreciative of your support and your encouragement, and please continue to support the work that we do here. I do pray that you are finding it insightful and beneficial, I hope it is a blessing to your lives. Um, Most importantly, I pray that it is found pleasing unto God. So thank you for your continued um, support. As I mentioned before, we do have some new initiatives that will be coming forward. I hope that we would be ready to go with those. But life happens, right? And so, yeah. It does. So please continue to bear with us. But real soon, we'll be uh, ready to um, have you subscribe to receive a newsletter or a bulletin from us. And we also will soon be very soon um, be hosting our segment called Sessions. And we will give more information about this really soon. And then we will still have our virtual event for um, those couples who are considering or thinking about engagement before dates and deposits. So, we got some exciting things that are coming up. We got some exciting um, projects that are coming up in the upcoming months. So, um, listen out for us, and we will continue to keep you informed about the progress of those things. Also, If you are willing to prayerfully consider supporting our work financially or sending love offerings to us, you may now be able to do so through Cash App, at, and the church said, all one word, or at PayPal, and the church said, one word. So thank you so much for considering um, to pledge your support financially, as well as we definitely covered your prayers for Our work here, we continue to do our best to be obedient and not to sacrifice, right? Okay, so today we will continue our discussion about suicide as September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and we're going to talk about suicide in the church. I am going to read an excerpt from an article that is entitled, Crossing the Threshold, When Suicide Hits the Family of God by Frank Page. Suicide often takes on a different set of circumstances when it happens within a family that follows Christ, and historically, the church has not handled these instances very well. How then should the body of Christ respond when one of its members attempts or commits suicide? I know one mentally ill person who told me he would never admit his struggles in church, that church is the last place he would be transparent and honest, end quote. Now, I have heard these sentiments repeated in my office throughout the years. So yes, these also are coming from the people of God. And I, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, I can stand in agreement with this thought too. Um, even from a personal perspective, not just professional. But I wonder what is happening in our churches that this is the sentiment. I have always been a believer that the few people who are courageous and brave enough to voice such raw, transparent, and authentic feelings and thoughts have been tapped and chosen to speak for a multitude. A multitude of those who shy away from and disconnect from their own thoughts and feelings, but those whose voice is robbed of its agency? For those who call a spade a spade, much to the scorn and the rebuke of others? They are the brave ones. They are the trailblazers that give us cause to pause and ponder. How many more might feel this way? So many have been wearing masks before this time of pandemic, but not the physical masks, but the emotional ones. They learned long ago that it is safer to put on your emotional mask and keep in your truest feelings than chant the risky business of disclosing your deepest and your darkest. In church. And being met with judgmental stares, in church, whispers that transmit between others about your truest of sentiments, in church, being met with some positive platitude that doesn't even land close to your feelings, in church, or just plain down silence, in church, And I've oftentimes said before that silence is loud. Sadly, the church overall is perceived to not be doing the best job in this area of talking about suicide or, again, making space for people to share their deepest and their truest feelings. People have been hurt beyond belief, traumatized beyond the imaginable, And yet, they are still standing, still hopeful that maybe someone, somewhere, will hear them and see them as they truly are and be okay with that. As we have learned about the nature and the effects of a quarantine, we need to consider how to create an emotional quarantine in our churches. We need to figure how to bring people into an area where they can take off these emotional masks and release these emotional toxins that have been carried and trapped in their bodies for unfathomable lengths of time, allow them to breathe in a fresh air and inhale a sweet incense and fragrance that gives one a touch and a sense of heaven here on earth and also a sense of security to know that these toxins will be sealed and preserved in that space. Of course, with the exception of one who is threatening to harm self or another. Otherwise, it should remain sealed and preserved. Quarantined where they will no longer infect them or another. Can that space remain closed and kept until those emotional toxins have lost their power to invade and infect? Until the host has built up such an immunity against those toxins, can we keep that space closed and preserved? This journey is not for the faint of heart. And I'm speaking more to those who pledge to walk alongside those who feel the church is not a safe space, for those who have battled with suicidal ideations and perhaps previous attempts, and for those families who have lost loved ones to suicide. They need more than a pep talk. They need more than positive cheers. They need support. They need security. They need to feel safe. The unfortunate thing is there may be some who did not intend to die by suicide, but could have been crying out for help. And maybe it was an impulsive decision because desperate times usually call for desperate measures. There are many spots and blemishes that we the church have, and this is not to condemn. However, we are called to constantly examine ourselves to grow spiritually and to mature in our walks. So what has the church become that it is not perceived to be a safe space, a place of respite, refuge, revival, redemption? Shouldn't we pointing the way to he who is the great I am? So what are we lacking? What are we not reflecting? What are we not doing? Who has the church become? And at the risk of repeating myself ad nauseum, what are some of the things that the body needs to do to create safe and secure spaces for those who are struggling with suicide or for families who are survivors of loss by suicide? A couple of my thoughts, and then I'll be done for today. We really need to get off of our spiritual high horses. If anything, the more we grow in Christ, the more we learn, the more humble and altruistic we ought to become. If we walk around with such a pious spirit about ourselves and we're floating around with our heavenly mindsets and our heavenly um, sayings and quips and our heavenly dress that we are of no earthly good, we give the impression that there is some sense of hierarchy that must be achieved. And for those who are burdened, that might feel as though there's another burden that they just cannot live up to. So then why even live? Please do not start preaching a sermon about those who commit suicide are destined to hell, can we just, please just not do that? If anything, can we leave it up to our spiritual leaders to come forth with that theological statement on suicide? But at these times, this is not the time, as I say repeatedly, to come forth with a the theological discourse. Can we create a space, a ministry, where folks can go and make sure that that place is known. I strongly suggest this being a highly protective area. I do, secluded, where everyone cannot get in because there needs to be training and protocol for those who will work within this ministry on how to deal with those who are feeling suicidal. All parts of the body are just not equipped All parts of the body are not developed maturely, spiritually, to do this work. And we need to treat these as tenderly as we do those who have been impacted by anything else. We need to allow only the specialists, if you will, to come nearby. Especially as we try to nurse to health and try to protect while these people are still so very vulnerable because we need to keep away from those who do not know what or when to say. It's just that serious. It is literally a matter of life and death. We need to create a culture where suicide is mentioned not only during Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, but when we normalize that suicide and mental illness are some of the many afflictions of the righteous, people won't feel so ostracized and so marginalized. So for those who have, or who are trying to survive a loss of a loved one by suicide, and for those who themselves are struggling, we can help them not feel ostracized and marginalized. If we create the culture where this talk is not because of some special month or some special drive. But we understand, we acknowledge, and we speak about the fact that these things will be among us, create the culture. Can we promote mental health just as much as we promote physical health fairs? Kind of going with what I just said. Make it normal to hear and see licensed professional mental health clinicians. And yes, yes, and yes, there are many of us who are of the faith that practice as clinicians. And lastly, can we just learn how to be present? We are not here to save, as I have said before. That is what Jesus has already done. He just asked us to serve, to feed his sheep. And we can do that through our mere presence. This is a time, at times, to be silent while present. Yeah, imagine that, showing up and not saying a word. Because sometimes there are no words that are needed. Just a hug a hand held, a shoulder to lean on. I keep emphasizing that the church needs to be prepared for the tsunami that is rolling in once these doors um, open again for those churches where the physical location is still closed. I hope that we can already hear the waves already crashing against those doors. Because they're present. We are really deluding ourselves to believe that all will be um, in a celebratory mood when the church doors open again. I just don't think that is going to be the case for everyone. So remember, even if in the day physical masks are able to be relaxed, many will still have on emotional masks. And the question we need to ask ourselves as the church. Are we gloved up, are we suited up, are we prayed up? Are we ready to help them take those masks off and all that will come along with that? As I state so often, we love to rush to the overcoming and we skip over the oppression. But can we keep in mind John sixteen thirty three? the middle portion of that verse, which says you will have suffering in this world. Now we know what comes before this part of the verse. It says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace, right? And we know what comes after this portion of the verse. It says to be courageous because I have conquered the world. But can we who might be stronger in one moment, come alongside our sisters and our brothers who might be weaker in a moment, and we come armed with peace and courage that Jesus has conquered the world, and can we sit in the discomfort of the suffering? Maybe, we, maybe then we have become the church that folks can then feel safe to share whether they have attempted um, a previous suicide or if there are family members who are left behind reeling and trying to steady themselves in their lives because they have lost a loved one to suicide. Maybe we have now reflected Jesus's fellowship of suffering to others, that he is with us, and we can then be with another if we can sit in the discomfort of the suffering. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches after you have heard my call that the church will become the place where those who are emotionally masked up can feel safe and secure to take those masks off. What will be your response? And the church is